Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt as well as by Tim Vigil, Kara Nicole, and many others contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada A Dracula Tale Facebook and Twitter for more information about the exciting Kickstarter coming late October. Hello, and welcome to the Dawkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that's what the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a fucking city secret underground hideout cinema with Harrison Smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out the dorkening.com Shrink from this eye, this all-seeing eye. Hide from these hands, these powerful hands. Run from the horror, the ultimate horror of Frankenstein. Prepare yourself for a new Frankenstein. Searing the screen with excitement. A young Frankenstein. Experimenting with the forbidden secret of life itself. Molding his most terrifying creation. We're going to make a person. One of the first things we're going to need is the raw material. But fresh, mind you. Nothing more than three days old. Anything I bring you will be so fresh Get past the government meat inspector. Alice, she's my housekeeper. I hope she can cook. People just aren't dying off so quick. (laughs) It's the welfare state. That's what it is. Frankenstein is back to raise the dead, to terrorize the living. Hammer, 
the masters of suspense, offer you a shocking bargain. Your ticket entitles you to be frightened out of your wits. At no extra charge. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Ro Lauren. And tonight's episode, we journey into the multiverse of Hammer? (laughs) Because that's what it feels like with the horror of Frankenstein being a reboot. Yes, definitely. And this film is available from Scream Factory on Blu-ray. Highly recommend checking it out. Loaded with bonus material, like every one of these Hammer films are. Two commentaries, we both listened to one. But they definitely talk about this as a reboot, because Peter Cushing, unfortunately, was getting too old to play the character, and they wanted to kind of give it a origin story, even though we already had that twice before. <laughs> yeah. We had an origin story of the first monster and the evil of Frankenstein, and then there, of course, is the curse of Frankenstein, which this is pretty much a re- remake of. Yeah, absolutely. Also starring an actor we've seen before. We've seen this actor play, what, sadistic, Satan-worshipping SOB? Uh, we saw him in one of the other Dracula films. Correct. Dracula 1972 AD. He poured the uh, goblet of boiling blood all over Carolyn Monroe's perfect chest. Uh, and we're going to get into some perfect chests in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some uh, there's some, uh, there's some real chests, some fake chests. It's all in good fun. We all had a good time <laughs> watching it. Um, it's quite interesting and uh, we're going to get into it. Um, how are you doing in the pandemic, never-ending apocalypse of 2020, Ro? Um, Alright, still have not really left my house at all for months at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing better than some of us. You're definitely doing better than a lot of people in Florida. How are things in Florida right now? I mean, have they kind of come down? Because it was it was hell months ago. Yeah, I want to say probably still looking at thousands of uh, cases a day. <laughs> You're just Hopefully. not here. We're just not hearing about it on the news anymore. Because I think the news is tired of being like, "Do you know who died today of COVID?" Let's go over that report right. again. Yeah. So it looks like six. Uh, wow, Jesus. At least 6,000 to 3,000 cases a day, usually, is what I see. Better than the 10 to 15 it was a couple months ago, but (sighs) not good enough for me to leave my house. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) We're going to... Whoop, go ahead. Oh, say I'm just sorry that people are not taking it as seriously as they should. (laughs) doesn't surprise me we're going to take a trip back in time to the 1970s away from all this nonsense and Roe has the plot (laughs) synopsis for us for the horror of Frankenstein or horror of Frankenstein as it is on the blu-ray but my book and other websites like IMDB say the so take it back yeah (laughs) 
All right, so our plot synopsis for Horror of Frankenstein. Released on November 8th, 1970, directed by Jimmy Sangster. Our film begins with a school-age Frankenstein, Ralph Bates, making medical incision marks along a painting of a nude woman. In his school class, Victor Frankenstein demonstrates superior math skills and an interest in human anatomy, much to his teacher, Jeffrey Lumsden's anger. Then, at their castle home, Victor asks his father, George Belbin, for more money for scientific equipment, but his father refuses. Victor sabotages his father's gun, causing the gun to backfire and kill him on a hunting trip. After the funeral, Victor leaves to go to university in Vienna, where he impregnates the dean's daughter. So he decides to leave town rather than marry her, and he brings his friend Wilhelm, Graham James, to help in his experiments. A stagecoach with Elizabeth Heiss, Vic, uh, Veronica Carlson, and her father, Professor Heiss, Bernard Archard, is held up by two robbers. Victor and Wilhelm decide to help and end up killing the robbers. Elizabeth recognizes Victor as an old school friend from six years ago. After Elizabeth and the professor leave, Victor approaches the bodies with a large knife back at the castle, where Elise, the housekeeper, Kate O'Mara, explains that she has moved his things to his father's room, brought in his new lab equipment, and sent away the other servants. Frankenstein and Wilhelm, Wilhelm spend the night unpacking the lab equipment. The next day, Victor and Wilhelm are visited by Police Lieutenant Henry Becker, John Finch, and another old, another old school friend, and his fiancée Maggie, uh, Glennis O'Brien. Henry reveals that the body of one of the robbers from the other day had its head removed. Back in the lab, Frankenstein shows Wilhelm the head in his lab. Elise employs another old school friend, Stefan, Stephen Turner, as the chef and to help with some other duties around the castle. Duties. Victor, <laughs> Victor <Sorry. and> Wilhelm. <laughs> <laughs> Victor and Wilhelm test the scientific equipment. Victor says they will next need a recently dead animal in order to continue their studies. They leave to go to dinner at the house of Professor Heiss and Elizabeth. After dinner, Victor reveals he will not be returning to the university, although Wilhelm intends to. As they leave, Victor steals the professor's pet tortoise for his use in the experiment. Poor turtle. I know. In the lab, Victor and Wilhelm kill the, tor the tortoise, attach it to the equipment in an attempt to bring it back to life. At first, it appears unsuccessful, but then the tortoise bites Victor, proving that the experiment has worked. Victor now wants to move on to bringing a person back to life. Victor hires a grave robber, Dennis Price, to bring him a fresh body. He and his wife, Joan Rice, dig up one and or dig up one and deliver the body parts when wilhelm sees the body parts he is disgusted and refuses to help further the grave robber and his wife read a story of a fairy capsizing and many bodies floating to the surface he delivers several of those to victor who dismembers them that night elise watches secretly disgusted by what she sees wilhelm tells victor he is leaving and will report him to the authorities for what he is doing at first, Victor appears to comply with him, but as Wilhelm starts to dismantle the lab, Victor switches on the electrical current and kills him. Victor marks part of Wilhelm's body for use in the experiments. 
He is consumed by his work. He stops eating and he stops allowing visitors. Eventually, he realizes he needs a brain. He invites Professor Heiss and Elizabeth to dinner and poisons the professor to get his brain. Elise threatens to blackmail Victor and what she knows, fearing that he will choose Elizabeth over her. Professor Heiss dies from the poisoning. However, he has debts and his house is claimed by creditors, James Hayter, and Elizabeth is homeless, so she goes to stay with Victor, much to Elise's dismay. The grave robber arrives with the professor's brain, and they take it back to the lab, where the grave robber accidentally sees the assembled body and drops the brain. As they put the brain in a jar, they notice it now has a cut on it. Now the robber has seen his creation, Victor kills him, so he won't tell anyone. That night, there's a thunderstorm, and Victor uses lightning from the storm to bring his creature, Dave Prose, or Prouse, to life. The monster is mute and unintelligent. He knocks Victor unconscious and escapes from the house. The monster meets a workman on the road through the forest and kills him with a spade, but is witnessed by Stefan. The monster walks away before Victor arrives on a horse-drawn carriage. Stefan claims his innocence and that a murderer was that the murderer was the monster. Victor accuses Stefan of the murder and says he will fetch the police. On the way, he finds the monster and knocks it out and brings it back to the castle. The police arrive at the murder scene and Henry questions Stefan about the murder. Then the two of them head towards the castle where Stefan says the monster came from. Victor chains the monster up in a cell in the castle. Henry and Stefan arrive and are met by Elizabeth and Victor. With no apparent evidence of a monster to be seen, Stefan will be accused as the murderer. Victor then begins training the monster, rewarding it with food when it obeys. Stefan is convicted, and the grave robber's wife arrives, but Victor denies knowledge for her husband's whereabouts. He encourages her to go via a shortcut through the woods when she says she will have to report his disappearance to the police. He releases the monster to murder her along the way. The police find her body and order Stefan's execution to be postponed. Henry visits Victor, but he maintains his innocence. Elise tries to blackmail Victor, so he takes her to the monster's cell and throws her in to be murdered. The monster escapes from his cell and leaves the house. He breaks down the door of a woodsman's house where there is a young girl, Carol Jace, inside, but he does not kill her. Victor arrives on horseback, and the girl's father, Hal Jays, sends Victor off in pursuit. The monster returns to the castle, and Elizabeth goes to investigate, but is attacked. Victor arrives, take, uh, takes Elizabeth from the monster, and lays her back down in her bed. He decides to give the monster an injection to put it to sleep and hide it. Henry arrives with the villager and his daughter, and Elizabeth takes them all to Victor's laboratory. Despite Elizabeth's claims of being attacked, Victor continues to maintain his innocence. The girl meddles with some of the lab equipment and releases the chemicals into the large tank on top of where Victor has hidden the monster, thus destroying it. And then the credits roll. And again, a very abrupt ending to a, a uh, Hammer movie. Yes, that was my immediate thought. I'm like, again? This, this is it? <laughs> no aftermath. So it's funny, because you remember what happened to Frankenstein in the last movie. He died. <laughs> the Frankenstein yes. monster carried him back in. He was like, nope, you're going to die too. <laughs> <laughs> we open up with Frankenstein in school, and that's what made me, made me go, okay, I have never seen this movie before, I suddenly realized, because I'm just like, 
is this a prequel? Are we retconning the previous prequel information? But no, this is a reboot as it's stated in the commentary. And that's why a lot of people yep. don't like this movie because they decided to reboot it. But, but people years later are just like, give this movie a chance. It's, you know, even Peter Cushing thought this actor was uh, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a fun movie and he does a good job at being like... Uh, Arrogant a as lot hell. Like, yeah, he's he's a lot like the Frankenstein in the first one. Oh yeah, major Very prick. Very much a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can see where like um, Kenneth Branagh, when he played Dr. Frankenstein in that movie, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, you know, Robert De Niro is the monster, was a compassionate yes. Frankenstein. Yes, he would go out of his way to do what necessary to make the monster come to life, but he was not a murderer. Right. <laughs> he never murdered anybody. Whereas this Frankenstein is the villain through and through. He is the true horror of Frankenstein. He's the horror of himself. Yeah, absolutely. I love how he takes the girl away from the party, who I didn't. we don't know is the Dean's daughter until it's mentioned that he knocked her up. And she's like, shall I take my clothes off now? <laughs> what? <laughs> is she that drunk? <laughs> yeah, I guess she's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd left the party with once with somebody who was a little inebriated, and they were like, uh, should I take my clothes off now? And I'm like, wait, what? Why? And she's like, oh, are we going to have sex? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you, no, 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 no. You are clearly not <laughs> in the right mind to do this. No, we're not doing that. No, thank you. Nope, nope, nope. Um, Frankenstein lives at home with his dad, who is schlepping Elise, uh, and needs yeah. money for science. But his dad turns him down, saying, if you got a village girl in trouble, I would give you money for that, i.e. the abortion, maybe? But I wouldn't yeah. give you money for science research? Yeah, because apparently it's not normal. Why can't you be like other boys your age? Like, uh, why? This is fine. <laughs> But I just don't understand. It's like, he won't give him the money to help the girl he possibly knocked up, which he doesn't know he knocked up the Dean's daughter yet. That The dad is just saying, hey, it's normal for boys to stick their penises in places that they shouldn't and get a girl mm -hmm. pregnant, so I'll take care of it for you, not, hey, I want to help fund your research because you're a smart kid and want research for money for research. Yeah, well, clearly his dad's a little fucked up because they also mentioned that at this, because there is a time skip, and they mention at this point in the movie that Elise is only 16. <laughs> is she? Yeah. Jeez. Okay, no offense to the actress, but she does not look like she is 16. No. She's clearly more like the... Because uh, it's a six-year time skip, so clearly they just didn't really care that much because she's more age appropriate for the six years but even then still <laughs> doesn't look like she's in her 20s either she looks like she's in her like 30s or so yeah yeah um you know i'm watching right now teenage bounty hunters have you seen this show no it is hilarious it's on netflix it's 10 episodes right now it is one of the best shows to come on netflix in a while yes netflix is getting a lot of cancel culture heat right now due to cuties which i'm not going to get into that debate <laughs> look it up mm -hmm. for your own you know information but this show is really good a lot of people really like it it's about two fraternal twins who end up becoming bounty hunters unexpectedly after helping a bounty hunter who's pretty much getting worn out on the job uh catch a crook and they decide maybe this is the best way for them to make money they live in georgia um they're very very funny with like their very white suburban lifestyle working with a black bounty hunter Mm -hmm. And they don't want to be racist about certain things they have to ask questions about. And they, like, whisper, black people. <laughs> oh, 
god. It is so funny. They are so cute. A lot of people love this show. It has very high ratings on uh, on um, Rotten Tomatoes and, and things like that. And I know a lot of women absolutely adore this show. The actresses in it are supposed to be 16 years old. But they're like 25 and 26. Um, oh, yeah. And again, they're fraternal twins, not identical twins. One's mm-hmm. the goody-goody. By the way, they both go to a Christian goody-goody little school. And one of them is a very goody-goody little girl. The other one's like the goth bad chick or whatever who wears like the <laughs> boots and buttons her shirt a little bit more and wears jewelry a lot around her neck like crosses and chains and black fingernail polish. You know what I mean? One's got black mm-hmm. hair. One's blonde. And the dynamic is that they both want to lose their virginity. And the blonde one, who's the goody-goody, actually does lose her virginity, whereas the more goth chick is still waiting to fall in love oh wow yeah um very very funny show i recommend everyone check it out uh i don't know the name of the actor almost any of the actors but their bounty hunter confidant the the, the black guy he is hilarious because he's gonna put up with these two white girls <laughs> and they're just uh-huh. stupidity he ends up, they end up having to work for him at his uh, frozen yogurt shop yeah so some time passes which is kind of interesting um and victor and his friend uh, Wilhelm, which we kept playing the Wilhelm scream for, happened upon Elizabeth and her father, a professor, and they saved them. And Victor kills one of them, and it's just like God. The body count with this guy through the movie is unbelievable. Oh yeah, because he starts with killing his dad. When his dad says, "No, I won't buy you your science stuff," he's like, "Okay, well, whoops, you're having a hunting accident. That's too bad." And it's also very funny that Veronica Carlson returns to this after what happened to her in the previous movie. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Very unusual, considering that she did not want to do that in the previous yeah. film. But she had done the the, the, the vampire movie. She was in uh, Scars of Dracula. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she she loved being in that movie, but she did not like being in the, uh, the, the, the next film. Um, but uh, I believe Kate O'Mara, whose name reminds me of the actress who was in um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo in The Fantastic Four. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, in only one other Hammer movie, a film that we are going to get to with a super special guest star, The Vampire Lovers. She plays the governess in that movie. Ooh. And uh, throughout the film, she is in low-cut tops, and this is 1970, so I'm assuming 1969, breast implants are not what they are today. God, no. Yeah. She unfortunately passed away in 2014, but they just look really weird. They do. They're very far apart. And they're very, they look very hard, too. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I would say, definitely a thing. Um, There's a movie starring, um, I think it's David Schwimmer and Noah Noah Wiley, the guy from ER, the guy was in The Librarian. Oh, Um, yeah. They play the two doctors who created the breast implant. I think it's called Breast Men. Interesting. Yeah, I've always wanted to check it out. But, yeah, it's about the doctors who created the breast implant. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kate Amara is stunning in this movie. Um, and just really, you know, <laughs> she's definitely the older woman to the younger woman, you know, kind of scenario we have seen before. And, uh, in your opinion, in the profession that you're in, what type of activities do you think Frankenstein is into? Mm, probably, uh, I would well, you know, I would say probably some some impact play, probably some light BDSM, but he seems just kind of bored with everything that isn't his work also. Right, which which makes the, the rape scene in the previous film completely ridiculous because they always keep saying yes. he's asexual and it's only like 
once in a while he has an interest in sex. Yes. It's kind of like portraying the... He just seems to be... Yeah, he seems to just be doing this because he can. (laughs) I mean, because tons of other women throw themselves... Oops. Tons of other women throw themselves at him, and he's just like... It's just like a conquest. Unless it's Elizabeth, where he just doesn't care. (laughs) And Frankenstein should be similar to the Joker and being, like, just uninterested in sex. Yeah. Uh, the actor who plays Wilhelm, Greg, Graham James, is also in The Vampire Lovers, which I just didn't realize came out the same year, 1970. Oh, wow. Yeah, he plays First Young Man. <laughs> no title, <laughs> just First Young Man. Uh, and he was also, he, play, he plays another uh, un, 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 unmentionable character, youth in museum in Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, which we will get to. Oh. Um, which is the third of the Mummy films, um, and the one that starred that lovely actress I sent you the photos of. Yes. Um, he, unfortunately, doesn't have much credit to his name past 1977. No word on whether or not he is dead or not, so he could still be alive. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very, very unusual. Started his career in 1964, um, but, uh, yeah, doesn't really have very much after that, so. But he is Frankenstein's buddy in the school. Who don't be friends or enemies with Frankenstein because the result will pretty much be the same. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the fact that Elizabeth is wearing like bright pink in a lot of her scenes. Like Ver- Veronica Carlson needs these colors to, you know, show off her just incredible beauty and assets. You know what I'm saying? And like oh, yeah. a lot of scenes she's in, she's in the brightest colors compared to everyone else who's in very drab, very down, very earthy tones. Yes. Yeah. She's all these gorgeous dresses and all these wonderful hairstyles um but she gets she just gets the shit out of the stick man because nothing happens with her (laughs) william and victor are unpacking for um many hours until it's like 3 a.m and wilhelm's like i want to go to bed i want to go to bed now victor's like sure i want to go to bed bang him and leave him come back and work on this because that's literally what he does he goes to bed gets involved with lisa and then goes back to his work like that was just like to recharge him (laughs) Yeah. The chambermaid, <laughs> as I call her. The chambermaid, because she's, she's basically his his cook, his servant, his chambermaid. I mean, yep. uh, she was with his dad, and now she's with her. It's just very weird, you know? And yes. also, you mentioned the age of her. Back then, the age was appropriate. I don't know when the statutory laws changed, but it's, you know, at some point, being 16 and having sex was n- with an older person was not okay. We eventually changed it. You know what I'm saying? Because you could get married at 12 or become prince of the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like King Joffrey, right. which was acceptable then, but not anymore. Right. And I mean, this, I believe, is taking place in Germany as well. Which is <laughs> as always. Most, most of the other ones are like in, uh, they're Swiss or in like Sweden or something. So this was interesting. So yeah, because um, that probably also has something to do with it. I don't no but it's interesting that he pointed it out like and then the creepy like father like son line that he says over and over again uh-huh. it's just really weird also what happened to but the it, oh, sorry go ahead I would say it just adds to his being a creep it just goes with his character <laughs> what happened to the pregnant dean daughter <laughs> he leaves she's in Vienna okay so she's just still pregnant and that's the end of that yeah, because Frankenstein was like, hey, I mean, I am a doctor, right? I can give her an abortion. You want me to abort that baby? 
And the dean was like, no, I want your money. You're a baron, dude. Have this baby and we can be rich. And he's like, nope, peace out. And he leaves Vienna to go back to wherever the fuck uh, his castle is. I also can imagine a dean of students even back then has got some cash. I mean, you're basically running right? that school. You're not poor. You're not, you're not a professor. Right, exactly. Professors back then were not paid anything. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just, you know, so, so she's gone. But that could have set up a potential sequel later on. You know what I mean? Advance it another 20 years, and then he's like, oh, yes, I'm the long-lost son of Victor Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, that would have been interesting. And I bring back one of my monsters. You know, my dad created all these monsters. I'm going to bring one back or whatever. That would have been a great little setup, but they, they didn't do that because the next film is the final film in the saga. But the Dean is played by James Cosins, who died in 1977, um, and it was in such hits as Gandhi and The Man with the Golden Gun, which co-starred another famous uh, Hammer horror icon, Christopher Lee. Yes. Um, I couldn't figure out who the name of the Dean's daughter was. The Dean's daughter's name was Maggie, right? No, um, that's when it, that's, Maggie is the girl who is, um, oh, she's engaged the, to Henry. Yeah, so, okay, she's the policeman's daughter, uh, the policeman's wife. The only, the only woman besides Veronica Carlson seems to get away scat-free. Yes. <laughs> um, so there's, like, five... Okay, so there's a book out there about Hammer glamour women, you know what I mean? Like all the beautiful women in the Hammer movies. And there's like five of them in this movie, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Stefan yeah, is the actually. cook, an old friend of Victor Frankenstein, who he is not afraid to throw underneath a bus. Happened to play... Okay, Stefan Stephen Turner. No, I have the wrong actor. Hold on. Uh, no, I have that Stefan was Steven Turner. Oh, right. okay. So yeah. I'm confused by something. Because IMDb lists him as being Laurie in Little Women. Could he have played a woman in 1970? He didn't look Whoa. like a woman. Interesting. Played... I don't know. I don't. Okay, I don't know anything about Little Women. But isn't there like two characters in there that are like gay and they're into each other? I have no idea. Okay. I have never seen any of Little Women at okay. all. Yeah. Not my bag. No, not my bag either. <laughs> um. I think I went to go see Little Women with a date once when I was 14 years old and we spent the whole movie making out, so I did not pay attention. <laughs> it was either that or going to see Star Trek Generations for like the third time and she did not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Generations, not the best Star Trek film. Not but, my favorite. But Little but... Women with the 1990s cast, which included Winona Ryder, yeah. probably a better deal but again I did not pay attention to that movie that was like five minutes of watching and a lot of making out no it looks like no it looks like that I just googled it and it looks like Lori is a man I don't know yeah I don't know anything about the story so leave it in the comment section sure. below and educate me because Little Woman's never been anything I've wanted to watch it's like it's like um, Little House on the Prairie you know the colonial you know, rusted, those type of films, those type of settings just don't interest me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit about them at all. No, uh, but I'd watch something like, into, I'd watch something like light. Shakespeare done with like contemporary modern actors. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Much Ado About Nothing um, or am I thinking of the right movie? Yeah, Much Ado About Nothing, the one with like Kenneth Branagh in it. Yeah, and, and Denzel Washington's yeah. in it. You know that—that's yeah. great. You see that entire cast. You're just like, this is amazing. How did I miss this movie? An ex-girlfriend of mine showed it to me one night, and I was just like, this is great. And she's like, isn't it? And then we watched the Joss Whedon version, which I absolutely love too. So, schoolmaster in the movie. Again, characters don't really have names sometimes. Was played by Neil yeah. Wilson, who was in Clockwork Orange and Doctor Who. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, when I saw that and I saw this Clockwork Orange, I was surprised. But I guess I, I, they did a pretty okay job because I kept forgetting this was 1970. Because a lot of times in these movies, the 70s still creeps in with some stuff. But the, for the most part, I didn't really realize it. They did a pretty good job. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I have a note here about Frankenstein having a conversation with Stefan. Do you notice his eyes keep darting to his mouth and he does not look him in the eyes? No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I mean, Stefan is taller than Victor, and mm-hmm. he just constantly, I kept watching the eyes, because it caught my eye once, and I rewound it and started watching it again, but he keeps looking at his mouth. His eyes, the way the eye line is, because I took the ruler out, put it against the TV, and go, yep, he is looking at his mouth. He kept uh-huh. looking at his mouth for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. Maybe they used to be good friends in college. <laughs> <laughs> little bottle of wine, little experimentation, you know, it happens with women. I'm sure it happens with guys. Yeah. What's the line from uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is having its 10th anniversary this year? Uh, Ramona says, I was a little bi-curious, and the ex-girlfriend says, I was a little bi-furious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a bi-face. <laughs> you know, that's what she says. <laughs> Science overrides having sex with the chambermaid uh, constantly for Victor. Um, Veronica Carlson's got it going on the entire time, which is the note I have. Elizabeth's hair gets crazy detailed, which is Veronica Carlson's character, Elizabeth. Uh, I mean, it's just so braided. It would put Carrie Fisher's hair to shame coming up later on. Oh, I know. I was like, damn, girl. That's what I say. She has amazing hairstyles. (laughs) I love how she turned down... Uh, when they go to meet Elizabeth and her father and uh, her father is like yeah you know she has so many suitors and she turned down Henry 17 times and I was like damn son a friend of mine told me um, and I don't think they're still together anymore so I'm not going to give the names away if they were I would uh, Said I said oh my god how did you meet him and she's like we were set up on this blind date and then when the date ended he asked me to marry him I was like are you serious and I laughed and I said oh you but I'll go out with you again and he did that every time we went out until I finally said yes oh god and I was like I've That's... heard that before and I was like if I think Someone's like, that sounds creepy. And I was like, no. I think that if there is a connection, if there is a serious connection, maybe it's not creepy. I don't know. You tell me. I feel like it's weird and creepy, but um, I guess it depends on the circumstances. I feel as though a hundred no's and one yes is just a little odd to me. Right. That would be really weird. Yeah. That would just be so weird. But, I mean, everyone is different. I don't know. If she kept going on dates with him, obviously there was consent involved. And she, I guess, I don't know. I don't Uh, know. I need more details. But it sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) Can you name five famous turtles in science fiction, fantasy, or horror movies? No, not top of my head. Oh, come on. I'll give you five right now. Gamera, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, and Raphael. Boom, baby. I guess that does come out. Science fiction, yeah. How were the turtles created? Radioactive waste turned them into humanoid turtles. It's true. No matter what the iteration is, it's radioactive waste mutated them into humanoid monstrous turtles. Gamera? basically the same thing. It was created by yeah. atomic radiation, just like Godzilla. 
This is true. Um, I was so sad that they stole his little turtle. Oh, I loved him. Yeah. Do you know who has a tur- you know who has a giant um, pet tortoise that he's raised since uh, they found him, and who they can't and, and and certain wildlife you cannot release back into the wild if you have adopted them when they were babies due to injury right. or maybe they their their parents were killed. And I think that's totally okay because you're saving yeah. a life of a creature that would be dead if you didn't rescue it. And I know people right, have exactly. a problem with wild animals, and I mean by wild animals, not cats and dogs, but wild <laughs> animals being domesticated. But if you can't, you know, they, they said that it would, it, they would die in the wild unless they were rehabilitated that way. You know what I mean? Uh, Christian right. the Lion is a famous story of a lion cub being brought in by two men who – released it back into the wild but they gradually did it you know what i mean and then years later they were reunited with the lion and it remembered them because it imparted that these men were his parents and it was like this big touching thing when the lion came out looked like it was about to kill him and it ended up tackling them to the ground and start licking their faces (laughs) dads you know kind of attitude love that story of christian the lion anyway steve niles the creator of 30 days a night and a lot of comic books he has a giant pet tortoise you can go on his uh twitter page and see him like spraying the turtle down his backyard sometimes oh cute yeah it's a giant sea turtle living in his backyard (laughs) um it's adorable it's huge it's a big baby turtle um anyway um but this reminds me of the killing of the turtle from uh cannibal holocaust oh yeah which is a famous infamous story Oh, yeah. My first thought was actually Reanimator with uh, the cat. Yes. Yeah. They actually kind of mentioned that in the commentary. Yes. <laughs> um, I love the gravedigger's wife and him. And she has to do all the work wearing that entire freaking ensemble outfit. Oh, I know. And isn't she's like pregnant at one point and they have a kid. Is she? I didn't even catch that. Jesus Christ. But do you see what she's wearing? Talk about, again, Little House on the Prairie. That would kill me wearing that outfit and digging that. I would love a te- that, the, the commentator talks about they should have spun those two off into their own movie. Unfortunately, they're both dead. So Yeah. Victor gets dressed very quickly after sleeping with uh, Elise again and dices up the bodies. I mean, it's just basically a long montage of Victor and the bodies. Wilhelm yes. wants to leave and tells Frankenstein that he will, um, he wants to leave. He's done. He's, he's done with this whole thing. But what does Frankenstein offer Wilhelm to stay? What, what, what is disgusting that he says? Um, let's see. Did I have that in my notes? Who is Frankenstein fucking? Oh, yeah. Elise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because I was more concerned with the fact that he was... Like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. I'll just stop everything right now. You're totally right. That's like any person offering the person they're sleeping with to their buddy to be like, hey, she'll have fun with you if you stay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a great man that Frankenstein is. <laughs> I know. I have, the, like, Wilhelm at one point says, you're a strange one, Victor. And I'm like, of course he's fucking strange. He's a sociopath. Jesus Christ, man. Two beautiful women want Frankenstein, Elizabeth and Elise. Boy, oh boy, is his life hard. (laughs) If this was a porno, he would have had them both in bed. (laughs) Yeah. Though he seems extremely disinterested in Elizabeth in every conceivable way. And like when she's trying to be like, oh, well, you know, I can... I can stay here with you and like clearly trying to ask for his hand in marriage. He's like, oh, well... Do you want to be 
do you want Elise's job? You want to be my housekeeper? And she's like, fuck. No, dude. <laughs> the um, grave digger's rife, rife, wife is uh, Joan Rice. And I gotta say this, that woman in the movie is pretty much Caucasian, right? You, you agree? Yeah, I think so. Take a look at her IMDb the video oh, really? clip the video uh thumbnail next to her picture and you tell me what you see um let's see joan rice oh what yeah is that blackface? yeah <laughs> oh, God. or and i'm not clicking on the link she could be just be very tanned but the hair uh... <laughs> yeah she was born in england Oh, and this is the last thing she does. The horror Frankenstein yeah. was it. And then she dies in 1997. Yeah. That's weird. Again, what are these people doing after that? It's like, did, did, did Comic-Con start up and they just start going to conventions? I, mean, I know that's what happened to the Dark Shadow and Star Trek people, but it's just mm -hmm. weird that they just disappear. Yeah. She was on the I mean, new adventure. Oh, whoops, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying all of her other videos, she's definitely white. Mm. She was Maid Marian in the story of Robin Hood, which is uh, one of those famous Disney productions of Robin Hoods, which I don't know if is on uh, Disney Plus yet, but I've always heard good things about them, but I've never seen them. So, uh, where was, where was, where was uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so Elizabeth's father dies because Frankenstein poisoned her, but he doesn't want her, but he wants her. That doesn't make any sense. Like, she is, like, throwing himself at him, but he has no interest. So he kills her father, and then she is forced to come live with him because she is broke and penniless because her dad was such a crappy investor. I don't yeah, get I don't... that at all. I mean, I understand he uh, wants the brain because he's this famous right. scientist, but yes, you know you're going to get the daughter with him too, right? <laughs> well, I don't think he anticipated that she would have to move in because I don't know that he knew that he was in huge amounts of debt. <laughs> But obviously she would come to him first, but I'm not sure that he knew that he was in debt. I mean, she didn't even know. It was a surprise to her as well. Yeah, and then, of course, he drops the brain, and then when he picks it up again, it has a scar on it or a cut on it. So this reminds me of also, uh, this is probably where Brooks would get his joke about the abnormal brain from in uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, so that was my thought, too. I was like, oh, Abby normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's that's exactly what it is oh my god i'm gonna rewatch that movie now <laughs> funny enough yeah. our previous guest of the show steve haberman do you know what uh movie he actually wrote the script for involving mel brooks and he's actually gonna be on radio hard tonight the 13th of november that we're recording this oh what dracula dead and loving it oh shit i love that movie i do too it got a lot of crappy um, press because they didn't understand they thought it was going to be a straight up parody of the Dracula movie that came out in 1991 with Gary Oldman but oh. it was actually a parody of all the Draculas <laughs> yeah seriously it's hilarious oh man it was amazing yeah definitely um, I love the fact that when the guy stabs Lucy in the chest or whatever and and uh, Mel Brooks who plays Van Helsing is completely clean and he's just <laughs> like why don't you have any blood on you because I stood over there you know where to stand when the blood comes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it when the girl's just like um, like she's throwing I think, it, I think it's Lucy or it's Mina throwing herself at Jonathan Harker and he's just like I'm British and she's just <laughs> like so are these and grabs her breast and pushes them towards him oh yeah it's so funny yeah he wrote the script for that 
That's amazing. And he got his start in Hollywood, a little fun fact that he talks about, on a little movie called Transylvania 65000. Transylvania six five oh 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 okay, um, which just came out on Blu-ray. Absolutely love that movie. Um, Gina Davis is the vampire in that movie. Oh my god, uh, that was her first big role too. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's how she would meet her future uh, boyfriend. They never got married, but future boyfriend, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, which if you've never seen Jeff Goldblum Explains the World, go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It is hilarious. It's just documentary of Jeff Goldblum saying, what is ice cream? What are shoes? What are tattoos? What is gaming? What are bicycles? <laughs> um, and all of his Jeff Goldblum mannerisms. Yes. So they create the monster, and the best line of all time is said to the monster, which is, I think, hilarious, don't you? Oh, God, yes. I'm like, what? Seriously? Hello, I'm Dr. Frankenstein. How are you? And you're just like, I'm expecting the monster to say this. Hold on. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is David Prowse, who is best known for being the man in the costume, not the voice, except for if you watch the deleted scenes for Star Wars, you can hear his voice playing vader and you do not get this right exactly i know i love that victor seems completely unfazed the whole time it's like oh you went and killed someone well that was very bad now do we know who played now now do we know who played darth vader in the scene of the empire strikes back where vader has his helmet off and his imperial officer walks in on him taking a bath I, off the top of my head, I have no idea. I don't think that's David Prowse. Do you know who David Prowse trained, by the way, to become um, a um, better physique needed for a role in a movie coming up? Because David Prowse, by the way, was a bodybuilder, worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it wasn't Schwarzenegger. Very important, or very obvious, is he's fucking huge. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, No, who, though? All right, I'm going to pull it up right now. Hold on. Yeah, he was the trainer for this great actor. Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes, hmm? I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're going to end up fighting every elected official in this country. I'm sure you don't really mean that, Lois. I don't believe- <laughs> The late, great Christopher Reeve. Wow. Yes, he trained Christopher to gain like 30 pounds or something like that. Chris was like... Six Chris is by the way. Chris was is still, I think, believed to this day to be the tallest actor to ever embody Superman. He was six foot five, like he was tall but skinny. And David, he was he trained with David to put on uh, the muscle mass he needed to become Superman. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now you look at like Henry Cavill who plays Superman, and it's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I mean, you see him with the shirt off where he's like lifting up the oil rig, you know what I mean, with his clothes all burnt off, or you see him in the bathtub in the, you know, The Witcher, which I'm, a lot of people <laughs> really enjoy seeing. Um, but, uh, and you're just like, that is a huge dude to play Superman. And it's like, I guess Superman needs to be that big today versus like in the 70s. But yeah, David Prowse was best, uh, was a stunt actor and he's, you know, um, he didn't play Darth Vader in the third film because of an argument. He got into a fight with uh, George Lucas. Huh. 
So at the end of the movie, when he's unmasked by his son, it's Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Star, Shaw, that guy, um, who okay. appears as the Force Ghost. Before they added in Hayden Christensen for whatever stupid freaking reason. Oh yeah, I hated that. Which is like everyone asks, okay, if you're gonna do that, why isn't Obi Wan Kenobi look like Ian McGregor then? That doesn't make any right, sense. Exactly. You die as a ghost. You die the way you died. You right, don't exactly. de-age. You're not a vampire. You know, <laughs> vampires have been known to like get your youthful or something. You know, it's yes, exactly the biggest problem a lot of people have with Return of the Jedi. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, David Prowse, Darth Vader. He's the monster of the entire movie. No lines. Just kind of grunts a lot. Very similar to another bodybuilder who was getting his career started at this time, but was also a Mr. Olympia, Lou Ferrigno, who played, of course, the monster of the Incredible Hulk in the Incredible Hulk TV series for five years and four movies. I love the fact that he kills anyone he comes across. And Stefan gets blamed, yeah. thrown to the police, and he kills a poor defenseless bird. And Frankenstein just keeps him locked up and basically has him under his control to be like, okay, kill Elise, and uh, then kill this person, and I'm just going to have you keeping you kill my enemies because that's the way to do it. Yeah, while treating him like a literal dog because he trains him with food. Because he's like, sit, sit, boy. Good boy. He's your treat. I'm like, bro, come on, man. Would you have been pissed if he if he had killed the little girl? No. Because it happened in the original, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or it was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah, let's always remember that. When he throws the little girl in with the flowers, it's because he has yeah. the mind of a child. He doesn't know any better, and she thinks she's right. going to float. Now, my question is, how deep is that water that the girl had to drown? <laughs> I mean, I think that it only takes, like, in real life, I think it only takes a couple inches to kill you to, for for people to drown. Seriously? That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty bad. Now, in Transylvania 65000, which we just got done talking about, <laughs> um, the little girl of the American mom is believed to have been killed by the monster. And she just passes out. <laughs> Yeah. Remember, she's like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So children can drown in less than two inches of water. Oh my God. That's terrible. Yeah. How? I just, I, I, I don't understand that. And it's not trying to be offensive to anybody who's lost a child in drowning. I'm just like, really? I, I don't get it. I, I swear to God, I hope my son knows how to swim. <laughs> now I'm worried. Thanks. Uh, I have to worry about COVID. I got to worry about my son drowning. <laughs> the monster kills the grave digger, and then the wife shows up trying to find him, and then the little girl, then the police. The only person who seems to be the most competent person in the movie who just can't put the facts together is uh, the police officer, uh, Lieutenant Henry Be Becker. Is that who the police officer is? Yeah, and I think he just, if he wasn't so clouded by his hatred of uh frankenstein he may have been able to put it together faster but he just hates frankenstein so much because elizabeth likes him more right that it's clouding his judgment i think and poor henry <laughs> and he would return to the hammer franchise for hammer house of horror the tv series in an episode witching time which we will have to cover at some oh, cool. point, um, hopefully. We'll have to cover every episode, so we might do that as a crossover with the Dead TV podcast because it was oh, canceled after awesome. one season. So, um, Me and my lovely ladies of horror talking about the Hammer horror. Did you like that on <laughs> Facebook? I mean, it was on Facebook. It was on Twitter. It was like, it's, it's, I'm like, it's like the Charlie's Angels of horror, but they don't I solve did, crime. I did, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> 
because we had, I now have a permanent, hopefully, she continues staying on. I have a permanent co-host for Goth Girl Horror. Yay, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, his last role was playing a character named Jerusalem, as in the country. I guess you could be named after a country, in the movie Kingdom of Heaven. Hmm. Every time I hear Kingdom of Heaven, do you know what I think of? What? So the original movie, Kingdom of Heaven, starred uh, Orlando Bloom, which I never watched because someone told me it was incredibly boring, but then now people are just like, no, you should watch that movie. It's actually really good. People are like, they should make the Crusades a miniseries like Band of Brothers or something because the Crusades went on for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But every time I hear Kingdom of Heaven, I think of this. Good evening. Have you ever given any thought to the Kingdom of Heaven? What? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You ain't just whistling Dixie. Armageddon is almost upon us. I got news for you, it's already here. Go away. But your souls are in danger. Our lives are in danger, you beatnik. Do you know what movie that's from? No, what? Clue. Oh, God, yes. That's, now, yeah. That's Man, the ep- it's been ages since I've seen Clue. Oh, my God, yeah. I love playing that clip, whatever. He, that's Mrs. Peacock answering the door, just be like, they've got to go away or they'll be killed. So who is the unsung hero of this movie who who, who does the one thing nobody else seems to be able to do? The little girl. <laughs> yeah, the little girl is the one who stops the monster. She pulls, she's fiddling around with the crap that she's not supposed to be touching and then kills the monster. And Frankenstein's just like... Oh, darn, that monster's yeah, dead. Like, <laughs> uh, big sigh. I I love, the fuck? I love her expression, his expression. He's just like, damn it, now I gotta start over. I'll, yeah, he, I'll do he's it with just the... kind of nonchalant about it. What is the name of the little girl? Woodsman's daughter, that's what it is. Because there's the yes. woodsman and then the woodsman's daughter, who pretty much is in nothing else. She's like, this is it for her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it looks like they were actually father and daughter because they have the same last name on IMDb. Okay. And then he was in like 2001 Space Odyssey and he was on the X-Files and, uh, you know, a bunch of character actor kind of stuff uh, throughout his career. Died in 1976. Looks like she's still alive, but again, didn't do anything really. So it may have just been like, hey, we need a kid. Can you go grab your kid and stick her in this costume? Exactly. And then that is it. The Frankenstein monster is dead and Frankenstein gets scot-free. All's well that ends well. (laughs) No one could prove that it was him and no one could find the monster. (laughs) (laughs) Except for his shoes. Yeah, which they're just like, okay, whatever, I guess. I love the shoes come bubbling to the surface. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. I feel like the only other note that I had that I think it was probably only someone... Like, who's as weird as I am that would point this out? Um, I'm as weird as the, you are. It's okay. <laughs> is the brain that they have as the prop is horrible. It's one of the worst fake brains I have ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, it was gray and it was hard. And like, no, 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 no. Even dead people don't have gray brains, especially because this was fresh. It would be pink or like light pink. And, like, super duper squishy. Brains are, like, so smushy, man. So that was so weird to me. Like, what the fuck is this brain? Have a lot of experience with handling brains, do we? <laughs> Just a lot of... I spend my time on the internet watching videos about medical science. Is that what you're watching while you're doing your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> 
Your fans find out. Wait a minute. Is that what she's watching while she's performing? (gasps) (laughs) And then you have a whole wide variety of interests. At some point, I probably should have gone to school for like pathology. But, you know, how old are you? You could still do that. (laughs) Yeah, but that's expensive. That's money. (laughs) That's 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 what your only fans are for. Yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, want to send me to school? I'll be the sexy neurobiologist you've ever seen. Putting Amy Farrah Fowler in the shame. She was the neurobiologist played by um, Blossom on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't remember her real name. Uh, but uh, so this director, this was his first directing gig, actually, The Horror of Frankenstein. But he was the writer on other movies that we have covered, such as Horror Dracula. Um, he's also the writer on Maniac, the Hammer version. There's like three Maniacs. There's two. There's a remake of a slasher movie about a guy who kills hookers, and then this version, uh, which has nothing to do with the other two. And then uh, he was also the writer of Jack the Ripper, The Mummy, The Brides of Dracula, The Hellfire Club, The Devil Ship Pirates. I mean, he, he has written a lot of great stuff. Wow. X the Unknown wow. was his first uh, screenplay that he wrote in 1956. He would also direct uh, Lust for a Vampire, which we will get to eventually, which is a very good vampire movie. He'd also directed, uh, sorry, wrote Dracula Prince of Darkness, um, Scream Peggy, uh, Pretty Peggy, uh TV series of uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. And um, unfortunately, he, yes, he did pass away in 2011. Uh, but yeah, a lot of writing credits to his name. And then the other writer, who's not the director, worked in the music. Do- Sorry, so let me start over. Malcolm Williamson is the music director for the movie. Worked until 2003, and his final work was in The Matrix Reloaded. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he was also the composer for Peter Cushing, A One-Way Ticket to Hollywood, a TV movie documentary, which probably came out around the time Cushing passed away, because I believe that is when he did pass away. Um, And he was also the composer for Watership Down. Wow. Yeah, which is, uh, you can find on Criterion Collection, is an uh, excellent movie about a group of rabbits flee their doomed warren and face many dangers to find and protect their new home. It's an animated movie and considered one of the best uh, adult animated movies of all time. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It is very <laughs> fucked up. I recommend reading the book, too. But if you don't like Death of Animals stuff, don't watch it. But again, it's a cartoon, so just keep that in mind. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the credits for this movie are absolutely amazing. There is something in the credits I kept seeing. I'm trying to find it on IMDb, but maybe it's not listed on IMDb. Um, but, uh, oh, script mistress and wardrobe mistress. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the wardrobe mistress was Laura Nightingale, who, according to IMDb, is still with us today. But she worked on a lot of TV series and movies, The Vampire Lovers, which we were going to be getting to with a special guest star as soon as it gets set up. The Saint, which was the TV series that gave us the late, great Roger Moore, a.k.a. James, you know, James Bond number three, technically, behind <laughs> Sean Connery and George, you know, George Lazenby. The Mask of the Red Death she was also in, which was a Vincent Price movie directed by Roger Corman. Hmm. And we both have the Blu-ray for this. What's on the Blu-ray for this movie? Because there's a lot of stuff. Other, I mean, I only, I had really, I only had time to go through the film and the commentary, but there's a ton of extra stuff on this. If you there's two, there's the two commentaries because there's the one you watched and the one I watched. Right. There's a there's a commentary by film historian Bruce G. Hallenbeck, who we've heard before. Commentary with director producer Jimmy Sankster and Hammer Films historian Marcus Hearn. Um, an interview with assistant director Nicholas Granby, 
Uh, and there's two ways to watch the movie. There's one in 6.6 and one in 8.5. So basically one makes it kind of widescreen. The other one's not. Uh, there's two interviews with Veronica Carlson, one from the 90s and one from today. So you definitely see the, uh, the age difference in her in those two. One's in her 70s and one's in her 50s. Um, and then also the uh, inside story of the horror and Frankenstein, my, why they made it the way they did, and theatrical trailer and still gallery. And this is all from Scream Factory. But there's uh, yeah, there's a lot of bonus material on here. If you watch the film twice along with watching it, you've got like three hours almost, over three hours of, of material right there, watching the film and then watching it twice again with the commentary. I always oh, recommend yeah. throwing the commentary on in the background so you can hear it. I'm going to rewatch this movie when I get home or at least put it on when I go to sleep and set the sleep timer on the TV and the PlayStation so I can hear the second commentary while I'm going to sleep, which I think is very cool. Yeah, I'm interested in the uh, Veronica Carlson one. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to rewatch it with that one because I feel like that's going to be pretty interesting. You know, it's also on uh, Scream Factory's website, which I didn't even realize is out, been out for over a year, and it's a film we definitely will have to cover. Oh, what? Brides of, well, okay, we've already done Brides of Dracula, but Scream Factory has a Brides of Dracula on here. Oh, wow. Yeah, its own film, uh, which is the first time it's ever been released outside of a compilation set. Also on here is the next movie we're going to have to cover, which we will have to either find on the internet or hopefully uh, buy. We'll each have to buy this. So mm -hmm. I would do it probably now. Um, Frankenstein yeah. and the Monster from Hell is available from Scream Factory. Cool. The Kiss of the Vampire is also available from Scream Factory. It's another vampire hammer movie, which you can either get in the compilation or get the individual disc. I'm going to upgrade to the individual disc because I like that movie. Mm -hmm. But the film I was talking about is Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Ooh. Which has Ralph Bates, a.k.a. Frankenstein, and the Satan-worshipping jackass from Dracula <laughs> 1972 AD in this movie as Dr. Jekyll. Oh, that's awesome. Who transgenders, transforms into Sister Hyde. Uh, right. And it's got two, it's got a new commentary with Hal and Beckett once again, and then uh, old commentary with the cast and crew. So two commentaries, again, on here with new bonus material, with the interviews with the uh, original two actors who played Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. That is awesome. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie, so that definitely we'll have to check out. But, uh, yeah, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell is available on Scream Factory's website, twenty three ninety nine. It's got two commentaries and a new interview with Roy Skeggs. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Steve Haberman, who was just on the show, is on the commentary for this one. Oh, awesome. We're going to find a lot of the films that we're going to be covering on Scream's website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the Mummy films I want to get to, which I can't wait for, which is The Mummy, Curse of the Mummy, and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Mm -hmm. I own two of them, but one of them is on Scream Factory's website. And then the Vampire Carnella trilogy, which we're going to start covering as soon as we're done with Frankenstein coming up with one of our special guests. So thank you, everyone, Yay. for checking out the Hammer Horror Podcast, Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. Who do the boobs go to in this episode? Because we got a lot of choices. Yeah, so that's kind of tough. At first, I was going to give it to Elise, but I think we're going to have to give it to Elizabeth. True. Yes. Lonica Carlson definitely should get it yeah. again. I think the badass of the movie should go to the little girl for killing the vamp the killing the monster. I think so too. And the blood is kind of all over the place. It's not yeah. too it's kind of prominent and then it's not. It's it's yeah. funny. The blood when Frankenstein's doing the chopping, it's just like somebody sitting there right below him just being like squirt. <laughs> Right? Or when he like rubs, uh, when he's having that montage of cutting up all the bodies, he just rubs his brow and he just rubs blood all over his head. Right. There it's like, that. yeah. Wiping the sweat, but rubbing the blood on his face, right in his eye, yeah. too. You don't know yeah. where that blood's been. <laughs> <laughs> 
unlike coronavirus, which has like a 48-hour or 72-hour shelf life, uh, disease in blood is still pretty much always there. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to check out the rest of the great shows here on the Dorkening Network. And don't forget to check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook. For more information about the promo that you heard at the beginning of the show regarding the upcoming graphic novel by me and Ken Hunt, Vlada a Dracula Tale. We take a classic tale, give it a new twist with some amazing art, very reminiscent of Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein. So very clued into this. And we'll be back in a few weeks with the next exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. You can find us on Twitter at ChrisDSAV. And you can find me at Lauren, and that's R-O-L-0-R-E-N. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, guys. (laughs) 